seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. podcast my name's christopher brown okay so we, we need to cover this bit off first nobody calls this film tomb of the living dead we'll get on to a bit of a reason why it was called that in a bit but let's just say that the likeliest reason is that it was sold as part of a deal from when it was being shifted around on a syndicated for tv version under that title now the film is the mad doctor of blood island the third of four Filipino horror films produced by Eddie Romero and Kane W. Lynn, known as Blood Island series. Um, there's a nice box set of them from America. They are fairly well known and quite good fun. This is an escalation in terms of trying to provide a little bit more for the fans of the Blood Island series. With a bit more nudity and a bit more gore than you w- w- got before. There is indeed a sex scene in it. Hold yourself. But really, Mad Doctor Blood Island, with the exception of 40-odd seconds of uh, animal cruelty, which is randomly thrown in to spice up the mix, is a fairly fun, fairly simple rip-off, or certainly influenced by, Island of Doctor Moreau. Um, More recent uh, people who who have got got Arrow Player or bought the... uh, Sting of Death uh, film will we'll, we'll be more aware of this kind of overworld where, the, where seemingly there was a variety of movies released that featured women in bikinis, men in sharp shirts, sharply uh, starched shirts, and uh, a monster on the prowl. And that monster always being a tad ridiculous. In the case of the Mad Doctor of Blood Island, our Doctor Moreau is not trying to turn people into animals, but rather people into plants. <laughs> and he will shop you out of your sanity too when the transfusion of terror is performed by the mad doctor of Blood Island. All of those lives that you think have been wasted in the cause of this experiment actually have brought us closer to that lifelong dream of longevity. Eternal youth. I will not give up the work of a lifetime. Simply because you think I'm mad. He was half conscious, so we tried to revive him. He turned into a raving lunatic. He killed one of my men before I finally got a bullet in. What happened to him? He jumped overboard. It was right after sunset. We couldn't find a trace of him. But before he jumped, he bled a lot on deck. 
His blood was green. This is a barbaric experience in the most grotesque sense. You will see supernatural beings caught up in the rampage of gory brutality. And it will shock you and jolt you more than you would ever expect. Creatures living for synthetic green blood. They walk by night and take part in gruesome, unholy acts of savagery. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But you will witness scenes so frightening that your mind will not be able to accept what you see. But don't say we didn't warn you. The mad doctor of Blood Island is coming your way soon. And he's waiting for you. Why don't you pay him a visit? No appointments are necessary. But bring along your courage. You will need it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so basically we've got a situation here where um, a group of people arrive on an island. There's clearly a, what only described as a mad doctor knocking about who looks suspect from the start. And um, that person is uh, seems to be involved with these odd rumours of a green-skinned monster with chlorophyll, as in plant chlorophyll, blood. And, and that person has been going around killing the natives. It appears apparent that the doctor, Dr. Lorca, has actually been kind of te- running tests on the natives, um, experimenting on them, and manages to give somebody who's asked, requested a cancer treatment, uh, actually a serum that turned him into a green-blooded beast that is un- unable to contain himself and running around killing. Then we get the usual bits. Will our, will our, uh, will they all, will our, heroes escape the island or will they not well we'll leave that up to you rather than uh, any spoilers the film stars John Ashley as Dr Bill Foster a man who does not look like a type of person who would be a doctor indeed Ashley's uh, Dr Foster um, looks more like the kind of guy who may be in a, uh, a pop band or a crooner Anyway, he started working for AIP Pictures as an actor, appearing in various bits and bobs. Even ended up trying to be an Elvis Presley impersonator at one point. And indeed entered into the world of singing, and he looks like one. Ashley appeared in all sorts of stuff as well, including A-Team, and, and probably most famously, he's in he's one of the actors in the Beach Party movies as well, which kind of gets the odd uh, list. Anyway, in 68, Ashley receives this offer to make a film in the Philippines. And he wants to get out. He's, he's, his marriage has come to an end and he wants to get out and do other stuff. So he makes this movie called Brides of Blood with producer Eddie Romero, a guy we'll get onto in a sec. Anyway, they love him. He's really popular. And um, so when the Americans kind of come back and say, listen, do you want to make another film with this with, with, with the actor? 
he accepts and comes back and does uh, Mad Doctor Blood Island. And then does Beast of Blood as well, which is another Blood Island sequel. And uh, as such, Ashley kind of got a place that kind of moved over on like a three-month periods every year to make these films and uh, I think he kind of saw it as a bit of a break from, from real life you know and as you said about Eddie Romero it's actually co-produced by co-created with Eddie Romero and Geraldo de Leon but I suppose Romero is more the more the more famous guy so um, he's done a huge body of work and he's actually named a National Artist of the Philippines in 2003. Now, unsurprisingly, he was not named that for the Blood Island films, which he himself kind of sees as being surprisingly popular, shall we say. As he got older, he kind of moved away from these kind of Filipino horror films. And in fairness, these Filipino horror films really kind of kick-started what we see moving forwards. Um, you know, the American... Um, love for you know the, 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 the I think we spoke about um, Naked Fist and those kind of films and uh, and like you know the, the the popularity in America of these films kind of showed that these films could be made in the Philippines and they feel different they look different and and, and can be popular elsewhere as well. And as he got older, he kind of made more personal films about the country, and hence the reason becomes this nationally important um, artist. And the the work moves away from being just about um, making money and trying to say something a bit more personal, I suppose. So the film was actually released in uh, as a double feature with The Blood Demon, now, not uh, Blood Demon was um, West German horror film. It's got Christopher Lee in, and the film kind of got sucked into this this habit of local newspapers emitting the word blood from titles of the films they they were advertising. Um, so Mad Doctor was advertised as the Mad Doctor of Crimson Island, and the Blood Demon became the Crimson Demon. And that's also why we kind of get this phrase, Tomb of the Living Dead, as well. So it's kind of sold as a different a different thing. It's not uncommon for exploitation films to be sold differently, depending on, 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 on the market. But it is surprising, therefore, that it was then released in the UK uh, under that title on VHS 10 years later. As I say, it was sold on TV syndication deals with that title, so it's likely that the rights were picked up as a bulk and then released um, without any real understanding of that's not what people were calling the film, you know. Regardless of generally what people thought of the film, and certainly in terms of its popularity as a film, uh, it was popular, but it's critically as a film, it was not. Um, the film, it, it you know, it did well, and indeed, this chlorophyll monster with all his dodgy uh, makeup effects painted onto his face appears again in *Beast of Blood*, which was released in 1970. Give the people what they want, give it to them more. Probably the most interesting thing about this film for me is um, the promotion of it. So they create this prologue 
of the film, which invited Fear to go, was to partake in an initiation ceremony. So everyone's given this packet of coloured liquid labelled Green Blood. And at the start, you're told to recite the oath of Green Blood, which is scrolling text nonsense on the screen. Open up your packet and drink the liquid inside. And then you could safely watch what's happening on the screen without fear of contamination. So that was actually shot in Manila and used American teenagers as well to kind of, you know, make it more. How did they do that? Clark Air basically just grabbed some kids up and said, hey, do you want to be in a movie? So producer Sam Sherman says he came up with the idea of distributing the gel packs to theatre goers and said in an interview years later they drank one of them, which came this, like, bluey green gel inside and it made them feel sick. Um, but apparently... Uh, People did. So, like, in Kansas City, you see all these kids, like, knock on back this horrible shite that they've just been given from some dodgy flea pit cinema, you know. It's a film that um, definitely uh, tries to do the best what it's got. So, when the monster appears, the camera zooms in and out. Now, I mean, I was watching it on my uh, my, my standard-sized TV, which is a which would be classed as small TV these days, I think. Um... I didn't think make me feel that ill, but it's quite relentless, and the zooming in and out thing is quite quite continual. It reminds me a bit of that Andy Milligan kind of uh, thing, where anytime there's any kind of uh, violence on screen, he swirls the camera around entirely to ha- hide the, the dodgy makeup effects. Almost certainly, that could be seen as the case here as well. The movie is um, looking at it today. And there's a beautiful print of it. I mean, it's incredible when you think about it, how good the print is. Um, it feels very much like silly fun, um, regardless of the fact that it is, it is a bit more extreme than you'd expect. You know, I compared it to a Sting of Death, which I thought would be something that a lot of people would have seen um, who might listen to this. Um, out of everything on that William Griffey uh, box set, apart from the documentary, that's the one I'd recommend. Um in terms of just being like really odd and feel like completely different to everything else. Part of the reason for that, I think, is the fact that it's obviously being filmed elsewhere. You know, it's not constrained by uh, by by Hollywood or or even the feelings of what what was acceptable for for regional horror at the time. And that does show itself, as I say, in forty seconds of animal cruelty, which adds very little to the story slightly more nudity and sex than you would expect um, and a bit of gore that feels slightly out of place maybe for 69 I mean it's as violent potentially as as you know you're looking at night living dead levels of, of, of like you know entrails lying around even if the filmmakers didn't really have the special effects they needed to make it more visual and better than that, you know? So the film was released in the UK in 1971 with cuts and was past X. The VHS uh, was uncut, released, um, but um, did not... uh, And also, bizarrely, had a massive pit sticker on the front that says featuring Eddie... From the maker of Eddie Romero of... Apocalypse Now. Now, Romero did work on Apocalypse Now in the sense that he uh, scouted some locations 
for it. Uh, and indeed, um, some of the Blood Island locations look remarkably similar to some of the Apocalypse Now uh, locations. But the, the idea that, you know, uh, that Romero uh, has a, as much, you know, a, a much of an impact in terms of what happened with in Francis Ford Coppola, I think possibly might be, uh, might be pushing the boat out. And indeed, huge swathes of the Philippine film industry worked at some points on Apocalypse Now by the very nature that it was considerably bigger than anything else that was happening there at the time. So the film gets released in the UK, cut by 42 seconds for this animal cruelty, which is goats and pigs that are tied up and kind of stabbed. It's a very strange scene. It doesn't add anything to the story. It's just there. Um, and I know you can, you can always say that with the animal cruelty stuff, I mean, you know, but it, it, it's even more out the way than normal. I suppose the reality for this and the reason why it's like this is, you know, it's, it is trying to show things that you couldn't see elsewhere. Anyway, so Severin Films uh, have got a Region A Blu-ray, which is uncut and unrated, Um and uh, that is the, the the golden one. If you, I don't normally say this, but at the moment, if you if you listen to this as and when it was this this podcast was released, there is a copy of this film on from from the Blu-ray on YouTube currently. So uh, seek it out before uh, Severin do a cease and desist. And even though it's slow, it's got a good feel to it. It's good. It's good hokey fun. Um, if you've got a problem with animal cruelty and I've got no problems with you, if you have, then yeah, try and find that old DVD. Um, that, that would be, that'll be the best of it, the best of both worlds then. Um, and have fun. But watch out for the killer plant monsters, I suppose. It's the new horror show that has everything. Everything for those who think they can't be scared anymore. Are you ready to take the oath of green blood? If you are, see Mad Doctor of Blood Island and see Blood Demon to find out. Mad Doctor of Blood Island plus Blood Demon and a green blood ritual in one shocking show. Okay, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get a hold of me, please do. My email address is videoandacidpodcast at gmail.com. You have me on Twitter it's at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to the website, thelasthorrorpodcast.com or videoandacidpodcast.com. Uh, last week I mentioned that I was doing another Sleazy Queens episode. So that's on the Screaming Queens podcast. It's screen, Queens with a Z. Uh, and that is uh, returning to the well with House on the Edge of the Park. So uh, you can uh, get uh, my feelings on that film again. <laughs> I re-listened to the uh, to the, my old podcast as as, rep- as a research um, from seven years ago. So that was a bit weird and scary in itself. Um. Anyway, so next week we're going to be doing Mark of the Devil, the nineteen seventy, I think, at the top of my head, uh, West German. Um, Kind of like a exploitation rich find a general kind of thing. Quite notorious, very easy to get hold of. Arrow's got the rights, so I think it even might be on an Arrow player. So um, you can watch that, and yeah, definitely, it's kind of it's, it's notorious. It's kind of cool, and um, definitely give that a go. So till then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>
Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.